And so we talked a little bit, I think it was in the second week, about just kind of like the great mysteries of God. Uh, and how God, in one of those things, is like, he's so vast. You know, he created all of the heaven and the stars. And I think there's something like, a whatever I said, like a billion different solar systems or galaxies, they say, that are out there now. Which I have no idea how they figured that out or count those things. But they have a way of telling. And uh, so this God that's vast and endless and unsearchable and so big, which it, there's a there's a... There's something in that for us just by stepping back and marveling at how big and great and awesome God is, right? But at the same time, it's like he's so small because he's so personal and intimate that he lives by the person of the Holy Spirit inside each and every one of us that accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So he's this massive God that's as far as anything we could ever even imagine, yet he lives intimately and personally in me all the time. And what's amazing is, is he lives in you too, if you're a believer, right? And you've accepted Christ. And so he's your best friend the same as he's my best friend. He's with you all the time the same way he's with me all the time. Wrap your brain around that. I can't do it. But I know that my spirit, it, it, it gains something by, by receiving that truth, by receiving that revelation. Now, we are a people that want to press in. We want to receive revelation. We want to understand more of who God is, what he has for us. This is the, the call, the yearning that our spirit has to know our creator, to know our heavenly father in an intimate way and understand more of his beauty, his majesty, and his magnificence. But, you know, there is the reality that there are, we are never going to really sound the depths of God this side of heaven. There's just no way that we can possibly understand all of the mysteries and all of the, the, the greatness of God and who he is. And, and that's just a part of, part of because of, I, I guess, our human nature. I think it was John Wesley that said, show me a worm or an insect that can that can understand a, a person, a human being, and then I'll show you a human being that can comprehend God. It's just that we aren't created with the faculties to fully be able to grasp God and how big and who he is. There's always going to be great mysteries. And I don't know about you, but this is a good thing. You know, we're, we like to connect the dots, don't we? We like to understand how things work. Whenever our mind can kind of make sense of it, it's like we feel like we can kind of put it together, uh, then we're satisfied or we, maybe we have control of things or whatnot. But the reality is, is there's certain dots that are just meant to stay unconnected. There are certain things that God just understands that we aren't capable of handling right now. But the great thing is, is that the fullness of those mysteries, in a way, are going to be revealed whenever we do leave this earth and we go to be with God in heaven. In fact, turn with me in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may, we may do all the words of this law. So God didn't give us everything. We're not going to get everything 
that there is to get. And, and so while we celebrate revelation, while we celebrate knowing God deeper and more intimately, and we press in to do that, there's really also reason to celebrate the mysteries, to celebrate the grandeur and the magnificence and the things that we'll, we will come to know when we get to heaven, when we see God in his fullness, right? It's like the way the Bible describes it in this verse, the secret things belong to God. There are things that God knows and understands that we're just not prepared or ready to handle, but it, it's like when we get to heaven, there's a veil that will drop the Bible teaches us it's like the veil will go away and we will begin to be able to see more clearly all of the things about God and who he is and really I guess what I why I say that is because we should have this excitement and this anticipation that when there are mysteries and there are things about God that we can't always put together that there will come a day when most likely we will be able to see all of the things that we really couldn't grasp or comprehend while we were here on this earth right and that's something to look forward to now at the same time we want to press in to know God deeper and more intimately so that we can understand as much of who he is and what he has for us while we are on this earth as we can possibly know. Now I have to time out for a second. I'm trying to slow down a little bit today. So uh, Katie says, because she does our audio stuff, um, where she listens to the audio tracks and puts them out on podcast, and she's like, you're impossible to edit. She's like, you never take a breath. All of your sound bites are connected. There's no spaces in between for me to do editing. And I'm like, that's impossible. I take breaths. I know it because I'm standing up there and I feel like there's these moments where there's these pauses and it feels really weird and I just got to keep talking. And so I listen to a couple of them and I'm like, dude, I don't ever stop. Yeah, I don't breathe. That's right. That's what she said. Yes, I don't breathe. Yeah. So I'm intentionally trying to have pauses. I don't think it's going to work, though. Just so you know, I don't think it's going to work. Anyway, so we want to press in with God to get to know more of who he is, to understand more of what he has for us. But just as much as there is a veil that drops when we go to heaven to be with God, there's a veil that also drops when we come to know Christ and the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. Take a look at this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, listen. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the spirit is the now the uh, the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. This is powerful folks because what happens when we receive Christ 
as our Lord and Savior, and the Bible tells us that God breathes His Spirit into us, it's, there's so many things really to, to, to look at that happen, but one of those things is that the veil is taken down, the ability to see spiritually as far as your destiny and your purpose and your God-given talents and gifts and abilities are concerned. It's like it was impossible to see that before, but the Holy Spirit breaks and rips that veil down over our spiritual eyes when he comes to live inside of us. And then we begin now to have the ability to see through the veil being pulled down and to see clearly the things of God and the purposes and the destiny that he's authored for us. Prior to that, you, you can't. The veil is up, right? Anyone who's lost, who has not accepted Christ, it's like they're, they're walking around with the veil. Now, this is important because we've talked a lot about the physical man, which is the flesh. We've talked about the the soul, which is like the mind and the emotions. But if the Spirit of God isn't on the inside of a person, then they're really living by sense perception. You with me? They're living by the flesh and they're living by the emotions. And then those things are really leading and guiding. It's like the filter by which someone sees the world. And we have to see the world through the lens of God's eyes, the way he sees it, the way he hears things, and the way he has written our purposes in our destiny destiny so that we can led by, be, be led by him and not by things of this world or of the flesh, right? So the veil is gone. Now, do you not know, for those of you who can say, yes, I, I am a born-again believer, do you not know that when you received Christ, did you not begin to see differently? Do you not begin to hear differently? Are you not convicted differently in your spirit? Is it not like there's something happening at a deeper place within you than you really ever even knew was there before? Right? I mean, that's the evidence of the Holy Spirit down in the inner man with us, in the spirit man, the eternal part of us, who's now beginning to be the leader and the guide for the way we walk out our lives. And the veil has been pulled down and he's saying, come and let me lead and guide you and begin to show you great and mighty things, the prophet Jeremiah prophesied about, that you do not know. Call to me and I will answer and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. So just as a veil is taken down when we get to heaven, to be with God and we begin to see some of the mysteries and the vastness and the unexplainable things and the unconnected dots. We have a veil pulled down for us when the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us to expose and show us all the truth, all the purpose, all the destiny that we need to know. Not a bit of it left unturned. There wouldn't be nothing that God would need to give you that he would help hold back. He intends to fully reveal and show all the things that you need to see to walk out the purpose that he has for you. Amen? Amen. So let me do this. Let me, sh let me just say, hmm, how do we do this? Okay, there's a door over here. How many of you were aware that there was a room back there? Just be honest. How many don't really care that there's a room back there? So if you, about half the people were aware there was a room back there. Who, keep your hand up if you were aware there was a room back there. 
now, you guys, you're killing me here. Okay. How many of you that are aware there was a room back there know what's in that room? Dude, Donovan, stop it. Alice, okay. How many, how many know what's in that room? Keep your hand up, Alice. Come on. You and me, we're having a fun time today here. How many of you know everything that's in that room? Alice, come up. Stand up for just a second. I want you to go back in that room for like 30 seconds, and I'm going to try not to talk too much during that 30 seconds. And I want you to look around and then come back out and tell me what's in that room. You'll love editing this part of the message. <laughs> she did a great job today, didn't she, when she opened up the service today? <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, what is what all is back there in that room? Music equipment? A trophy. Oh, that was on my list too. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Candlesticks, yeah. Bookcase. That's it? That's all that's back there? So there's more. Okay. Right, you can have a seat. I'll, I'll talk to you from over here now. Yeah. So there's a bookcase. There's some music equipment. Like, give me every piece of music equipment that's back there. There are drums. You're doing pretty good at this, actually. <laughs> Amplifier, yeah. What kind of drum was it? Bongo? I think it was a snare. No, no, it's okay. Uh, this is backfiring on me. So, there was a hat back there, too. There was a hat. You didn't see the hat. Do you know what the hat said? I guess you don't because you didn't see the hat. It says Dave's carpet cleaning or something like that. Dave must have left his hat back there. That's funny. We know Dave. Anyway, so, so there were a lot of things that were back there that you couldn't really possibly see just by going back there for 30 seconds and looking around. So here's my point. When, when the veil drops and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, now we begin to see differently. We begin to have the ability to see and hear as God sees and hears as He reveals and uncovers things for us. It's kind of like now we're aware that the door is there. Now we realize that a veil has come down. But just because the veil has dropped does not mean that you have peered and gazed into the depths and the details of everything that's behind the curtain. Now you just know that it's down. But does that not produce this hunger and this desire in you to say, I want to know the deeper, the deepest things that God could possibly lead me into and show me. Many times, folks, people come to this revelation of God and, and they, they're born again and, and, and they, they're in this place where it's like they see that the door is there, but they actually just continue to watch from their chair because in order to know what's back there you actually have to get 
up from where you are and start walking and you have to go back there and you have to spend time there and you have to look around and you have to get a full experience of what all is there. Now, can I be honest with you? I could spend an hour back there and I wouldn't be able to tell you everything that was there. I could take inventory and come out. You take 30 days down the road, 60 days, there's only one solution for me. I need to get back there again, and I need to spend more time there again if I'm going to have any idea of what's back there. Oh, are you with me? God has dropped the veil. The Holy Spirit has pulled it away from our spiritual man. And we can see now things that God has for us that we could never see before. But it's not going to be revealed to us if we don't spend time with God, with the Holy Spirit, intimately getting to know Him, coming into the kind of relationship with Him that the Bible calls and compels us to, which is the friend who sticks closer than a brother, that we begin to know Him more and more intimately and reoccurring and never-ending so that we can constantly begin to see more and more and more of what's actually behind the veil. Amen. Are you with me? Now, I'm a curiosity guy. I like to know. I like to look around. My kids, they're the same way. I mean, I, when you change a dirty diaper, it's like they all come running. They want to see the poop. I don't, what is it about that? Daddy, can we see? Can we see? It's like, man, you guys are easy to please, you know. But we need to have, like, this, this curiosity, folks. We need to have this thing that moves us constantly. You hear there's poop? You better come running, you know. But no, like, there's this unction in us. It's like when you get a revelation that, man, the veil is down. I have the ability to be led into things and see things now that I couldn't possibly know. We must live with an unction it drives us. It's like a spiritual curiosity to know our Creator, the author of life, in a more intimate and profound way. To know and experience Him in the place where the Bible tells us really the matters of life flow out of. The flesh, the emotional man, can I tell you, they can't lead you to your destiny. They can't. They can't lead you to your purpose. For one, they are finite. They are dying off. They're temporary. That can do nothing for an eternal part of you. You with me? If you want to come into contact with your destiny and your purpose, you want to see your gifts begin to flow and come alive in a way like you've never even imagined they could, it needs to happen down at the spirit man level of we need to be led and guided from the innermost place of our being, not from the outermost place of who we are, which I might to say is where the vast majority of the world is living from. The flesh is this, the flesh is that, and their life is led by that. The emotions are here, the emotions are there. We have those things, but there's a difference in having those things and being led by those things. You understand what I'm saying? We have to be led by the innermost part. And the Holy Spirit that's in us, listen, 
He is the source of the revelation. We, so what does that mean? It means we need to get to know the revealer, the one who reveals those things to us. The mind can't figure it out, can't get it. The emotions can't get it. It's only by the Spirit. We, we mentioned this verse a couple of times in the other chapters, but in 2 Corinthians, or I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5 says, As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Not through our flesh, not through our emotions, through his spirit. Jumping down to verse 14, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know know them because they are spiritually discerned. We must get to know the revealer because revelation, it's a, it's basically what it means is an uncovering or an unveiling, opening up a picture, and it comes by a, a revelatory way. And the way that we get that is by spending time and, and, and coming into deeper relationship with the one who does the revealing. Are you with me? And so we have to seek the revealer, not necessarily the revelation. This is kind of a big thing for me. God showed me something, I don't know, this has been about a year ago, and, and he was like, you know, you, you, you're coming to me often, but when you come to me, you're coming really with the, in, the sole intent to get something. Now, this is big because... I got to say this, we know we are called to come to God with our petitions. He he says, make your petitions known. Katie said that in the beginning, you know, make your petitions known to me. Bring your prayers, bring your requests. God wants to meet our needs. He wants to give us things that we need to walk out the things we're called to do. There's nothing wrong with coming to God with your petitions. But there is something wrong when that's the only reason see we receive revelation and we uncover more of what's behind the veil not by simply seeking that in itself by seeking the one who actually reveals it the revealer in an intimate relationship with us is the way that the things of God begin to be uncovered more and made more known to us and it's like it just comes alive in our spirit God was saying to me he's saying in that moment at that time where he was showing me this he's saying come to me just to be with me because that's what I want is to just be with you come to me just to be with me that sounds great folks but let me tell you when your spirit gets a hold of that and you grasp that it changes the way you approach God He said, come to me and just be with me. And while you are with me, you can't help but having your cup get filled. Your cup, when you come to moments in times where you need a revelation, how about you just draw from the cup that's already full that I filled for you when you were spending time with me? Are you getting that today? And much of of the church 
and many people, I'm, it's like we go to God, we seek Him. A lot of times people seek Him when they need something, but yet they haven't been spending that time with Him and connecting with Him on that intimate level where it's like He's their best friend and the way that that relationship was designed to be. Look, God sends His Holy Spirit, the revealer, to live on the inside of us. Do you get that? That means He comes and makes his home with us. The Bible says that he will be with you forever. When he comes, he is with you forever. He makes his home there. Now, it's possible to live with someone and not really know a lot about them. It is possible. We see it many times where marriages grow cold, relationships grow cold, families live together for years and realize one day all of a sudden that they really don't even know each other very well. Just because people live together, they can know about them but not really know them. We have to draw close to the Holy Spirit. We have to pursue a relationship with Him where it's this intimate closeness where it's like nothing that we've ever even had before. It's If He's closer than a brother, that means there's no physical relationship that you can possibly have that could compare to the kind of relationship that God wants to have with you. That's powerful. Because we have all of our relationships and some close and some distant to kind of compare with, but get a hold of this, that there's nothing, no relationship you can have that can compare to the way God wants to know you and wants you to know Him. Hallelujah. Now, everything about what God has planned for us our destiny and our purpose and the gifts and all the things that He wants to lead us into. It's all tied to what's happening on the inside of us. That's the key. It's, it's all linked, hinged to, however you want to say that, to what's going on in the innermost part of us. What's happening at the spirit level? What kind of relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. You know, they have, we have heart surgeons who operate, you know, on the physical man. You have neurosurgeons that operate on the brain and then the wiring and the nerves to the best that they can. Barely breach that, really. But what we need, folks, is we need the divine surgeon. The the supernatural, spiritual search to be at work on the inside of us, operating and, and, and carving away. And the Bible talks about purging and, and getting rid of things that are of us in the flesh and stuff that are not part of God's will and, and beginning to reveal more and uncover more of the things that are God's will for your life. And I just want to encourage you that, listen, we just need to pursue that intimate closeness, that relationship with the Holy Spirit and just get to know Him more and more and more in a closer way so that the things that He wants to show us 
begin to constantly be opened up, revealed, and made known to us. And more importantly, when those things are happening on the inside of us, everything that happens inwardly has an outward implication. So the things of your destiny and the purpose, the outworkings of those things that we, we might describe it or look at it, is all tied to the kind of activity that's happening on the innermost part of us. We say, okay, pastor, I get it. Well, what, so what do I do? Listen, the Bible says in James chapter 4, and I'll close with this verse. Draw, it's this simple. It really is. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Let me ask you this question today. Can you draw near to God? Can you? Yes. Will you? How often will you? Will, will, will you pursue it as your highest priority in your life? Will you place drawing near to God as the most important thing that you need to aim yourself in the direction of doing. Knowing that all of the things that we are called to do, they don't get silenced or put aside. They get strengthened and empowered by the very act of doing that, of drawing near to God on a consistent basis. We can't go Folks, you can go ahead and stand up. You, you can't go weeks and months in a relationship and never, never spend time together, never talk intimately and deeply. Believe me, I know. My wife reminds me of this every day. We got to have intimate conversation, deep conversation, hours of conversation. <laughs> and, but you know what? She's right. I just said that. She's right. If we didn't do that, then we wouldn't get to know each other on an increasingly deeper level. And that's what the marriage needs. That's what the relationship needs to constantly be going to greater heights and to be more and more beautiful over time is it needs that investment of our time and us going deeper with each other. Well, you just the same as that kind of relationship. You can't go weeks or months and just never talk to God, never spend time with Him, never have moments where you're just in that kind of friendship and that relationship like I'm talking about and have that relationship keep soaring and going to greater heights and places. And as the relationship with God goes to greater heights and places, so do the miraculous, amazing, wonderful things that happen in the life of a person. You know, I said just a second ago, we've got to come to God to seek Him, not to seek what we can get more often. But can I tell you this? The people that I've seen and known over the years that spend time diligently with God, the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about you got to go get in a prayer closet for two hours. I'm talking about when you're driving to work, man. I'm talking about when you're mowing the grass. I'm talking about when you're walking through your day. He's there then. I mean, there's a message in that, right? We think, well, I can only spend time with God in these moments. Well, 
you're losing so much opportunity you know I, I talk to God all through my day all throughout my day the, the bigger the thing that's happening the bigger I want to talk to him about it Amen. yeah and so the people that I know that spend time the most time with just seeking God and drawing close to him are the ones that hear the most from him hallelujah you want revelation you want gifts to flow you want needs to be met you want to see God in a bigger and broader way than you've ever seen him before draw close to him and he will draw close to you by his nature he's the Holy Spirit he is the revealer so just spending time with him makes things known to you does that do something for you today the Bible says when the Spirit reveals there is liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is there's freedom when God drops something in your spirit when he when he reveals and uncovers something in you it's like there's freedom in that there's some sort of liberty there's some sort of setting free from something that occurs and that happens when that gets a hold of you